Cairo Radio was paid a fee to air the following program. All information discussed on the following program is for general information purposes only and does not constitute legal advice or create an attorney-client relationship. Prior to acting on any legal matter, you should seek legal advice from a qualified legal attorney who can evaluate your situation and advise you accordingly. Welcome to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Your Partner in Law is brought to you in part by the law firm Gregorick & Associates PLLC. Charting your course to a secure future. Your Partner in Law starts now. Here's your host, Rick Gregorick. Hey, good morning and uh, welcome to this week's edition of Your Partner in Law. We're here to serve you and answer your questions and uh, hopefully help you chart out a better life as you move forward. And for so many, as we move forward, unfortunately, disability is going to be something that we have to deal with, whether it's for ourselves, uh, our spouse, uh, it could be our parents, it could be even adult children, but very few families escape the reality of someone losing capacity, and needing care by someone else. This is just pretty normal. Um, we talk about it you know, every week on uh, creating powers of attorney and healthcare directives and trust, and of course, wills for ma- managing your affairs when you pass along. And I think we all know that we need to do these things, but some of us remain a little skeptical. Um, some of us decide, well, you know, I don't need that until I'm old or older. Um, I have a funny story from a number of years ago, but I had a fellow, uh, come into the office and he was, uh, a dapper fellow of a crisp 92 years of age. He drove himself to the office. He was, um, uh, I just called him dapper Dan. He really, uh, you know, was sharp and ready to go. And his wife was with him. They had been married 72 years. And the gentleman said to me, he said, um, I think I should get a will done. And, of course, this fellow was 92 years old. And I said, um, wow. I, I said, um, what brought you in? Why now? He said, well, you know, I'm getting up there a little bit. He said, I might be a little premature of needing a will. He says, most of the folks in my family live to be well over 100 And it gave me pause because I was realizing that he was thinking that he only needed to do his will near term from when he thought he might die. And I thought, oh, dear, you know, certainly at 92, that uh, our time might be uh, shorter than most others. And so that's one of the things that we really need to kind of focus on is the fact that we need to do these things early in life and then monitor and evaluate them because we never know when any type of disability may arise. It can arise from so many different things. Obviously, there's you know an accident. It could be a car wreck. It could be medically induced by a stroke or possibly a heart attack or many other ailments, uh, Parkinson's, uh, boy, they, the list just goes on and on of what could uh, affect us. And then, of course, there's all of the cognitive illnesses regarding, um, you know, our mental state and ability to make decisions. And so we all get challenged with these things. And what I really wanted to talk about today was what I kind of see as, at least anecdotally, perhaps an increase in uh, guardianships and where, you know, kind of family matters just fall apart. And we use the guardianship system, and I'm not convinced we use it appropriately sometimes. So we'll talk about that throughout the show as well, because sometimes I almost feel that the guardianship process is uh, somewhat weaponized against people. And depending on who's bringing it, the family dynamics, um, boy, these things are uh, wild, um, especially when we get into situations where there's blended family You know, mom has her family, dad has his family, and now all of a sudden, one of them becomes incapacitated, and kind of the gloves come off on all areas. And even in our firm, you know, very small firm here, we've seen a sharp increase in these contested matters. You know, over the years, it's been, you know, gradually growing, and it just seems like 
you know, workload shift a little bit and what we used to do a lot of, not doing so much anymore, but what we're doing now, we didn't used to do as much of later. And we're seeing, you know, in this humble man's opinion, we're seeing a lot more conflict among families, family members, whether it's blended or not, around areas of disability. And then really, if we really want to talk honestly, it's really all about the money. Um, this is the root of all things. So, hey, Scott uh, here this morning, uh, Scott Ralston. And, you know, as you know, you've heard Scott on the show many times, and, you know, Scott handles our conflicted areas of the practice uh, largely. Ted does some of that work as well. But um, in the family law area, um, there's a pretty sharp overlap um, with the guardianship. And so many family law attorneys do lots of guardianship. Well, guess what? Scott does lots of guardianship. Hi, Scott. Good morning. Well, they're the same thing, right? They're family disputes. That's what guardianship cases are. They are family disputes. Almost always they are some form of a family dispute. It really is. And so I wanted to go over just kind of the basics of guardianship a little bit, hopefully to scare you, (laughs) but to educate you really into making wise decisions. Because once we know what it is, we also know what it isn't. And maybe we can do some pre-planning yeah, to so help let's, avoid let's, that. Let's let's talk about you know the two you know categories, you know, very broad categories when guardianships arise. Guardianships arise when there is no planning or there is planning that just isn't working. Those are the two. Now now when there's no planning, you know, it's 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 a clear path that you have to take because without a plan, individuals in your life may not be able to make decisions to handle your financial affairs or handle your medical affairs. So the guardianship is the route to obtain court authority in order to step in and take somebody's affairs over and manage them. So the first tip is if you want to have some say in what might happen to you your finances, your medical decision-making, if you want to have some say or some control over that, you better do some estate planning and you better do it properly. And it's not just getting a power of attorney. It's having the right power of attorney, the right health care director. Correct. And and, and what we do at Gregory & Associates is we sit down when we're working on someone's estate plan and we have the meeting with them. First of all, we have them fill out uh, the life plan organizer that gives us an idea of their finances, gives us an idea of the people that are in their life. And then we sit down. We go through that information with them that they provide to us, and we talk to them about their finances. We talk to them about the people in their life. And we ask some of those tough questions because oftentimes – you know, well, I shouldn't say oftentimes. Almost always people will choose their children uh, or their spouse – perhaps a you know second third spouse or a partner if they're not married to be the 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 decision maker for them and those are the logical choices for all of us but they may not necessarily be the best choices well why they're the logical service. ones they're also the most likely to arise in conflict Correct, and especially, you know, well, I, I shouldn't say especially. I was going to say especially in blended families, which we talk about all the time. But, you know, let's just start with the sibling rivalry. I mean, you can have, you know, a 50-, 60-year marriage, and the couple needs to do their estate planning. They're doing their estate planning. Of course, they should have done their estate planning long before then, but let's just say under my scenario, you know, they've been married 50, 60 years. They're doing their estate planning. Um, and they're, you know, they're going to name each other most likely as uh, first-line decision makers, and then the, the successor decision makers are most likely going to be one or a combination thereof of their children. Problem is, is that, you know, children don't necessarily get along, and it, these are not things that arise all of a sudden. Most of the time, children have been in conflict on some level, whether it's a financial level, emotional level, lack of respect amongst each other. They just don't get along. I mean, there's all kinds of Oh, my of goodness. We've dynamics. heard stories yeah. that would curl your hair. You know, one of the other areas that goes along with this as well, which is the source of many issues that uh, we've had to wrestle with as a firm, it's where a child is codependent upon the parent. Well, and this is this it, is and that's very common. Why don't you walk us through one of these and, and kind and, of how they look, Scott? And so what, what this generally will look like, and we're going to go with the married couple because that's kind of the easy 
easier situation. Let's say the couple's been married 50, 60 years, like I say, and they've got three kids. And one of the kids lives in the East Coast, one lives in the South, and one lives locally. Okay, that That's the child, oftentimes that local child is the child that failed to launch. And they have been dependent upon mom and dad essentially for their entire life. And they're locally and, you know, they talk to mom and dad and like, hey, I know you guys need some help. And, you know, I've been struggling financially. Why don't I just move on in and help? And then mom and dad say, that's a great idea. They move, you know, child, local child moves in and they start taking over all of their affairs. They don't have authority to take over this affairs. They just start taking over affairs. Mom and dad kind of give them implicit authority. Maybe they go down to the bank together. They put them on the bank accounts for convenience. We call this for convenience so that they can manage the financial affairs. Meanwhile, you got the kids that are on the East Coast and down in the South, and they're like, this is typical. This has been going on forever. Here you are moving in with mom and dad, living off mom and dad. Get a job. Take care of yourself. Don't live off mom and dad. And and this is years of resentment that starts to come into play. And then you start getting into all kinds of allegations about mismanagement of financial affairs. Yeah, and, and these are financial volcanic eruptions. Mm-hmm. These, these, these types of things, folks, they get ugly really quick because eventually what's happened, you know, let's call him Bob, moves in with mom and dad. They, they kind of commingle their finances, but Bob probably didn't have much to start with. And mom and dad did, and mom and dad had the house. And, and pretty soon, you know, Bob's taking over the finances and, and things like that. And Bob's really benefiting Bob but while depleting mom and dad's but, but, assets. But, but here's Bob's, you know, Bob's attitude is, you know, brother and sister or siblings, we'll just call them siblings living elsewhere. They don't appreciate how much I do for mom and dad. Okay, so that's that's Bob's attitude. Now the siblings are like, they've got a very opposite view. They're basically their view is, you're using mom and dad. You've been using them, and for you've your been whole using them life. your whole life. And and so you get this this conflict between siblings in these scenarios where. The, the children have a very, very different perspective on whether the child that is local and living with mom really is mom and dad is is of any benefit or if they're just – and I'll use the word I've used before – or if they're just a parasite. There you go. Hey, folks, if you uh, would like to call us this morning and chat about any of these issues we're talking about, an elder and estate planning or guardianship in particular, we'd love to talk with you at 888-973-5476. That's 888 888- Nine seven three five four seven six. That's going to get you right on air live this morning. We'll be right back after this short break. My dad would always say the three worst words in the English language were shoulda, coulda, and woulda. So many people with retirement right around the corner or in the middle of it have the shoulda, coulda, wouldas facing them. They're not proactive. You didn't take care of the will. You didn't take care of the trust. They didn't do what was needed to do when it came to real estate and taxes. So right now, let's avoid the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and call Rick Gregorick. Rick Gregorick is my estate planner. I sat down with Rick, explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or a charitable trust, real estate or taxes. It is so complicated. You've got to rely on an expert like Rick, who is so kind and knowledgeable about all of it. So be proactive. Take control of your life now. You can schedule a complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick, my estate planner, yourpartnerinlaw.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Brian Ott from 525 Advisors and host of Long-Term Care Radio. And Brian, we have another great question from a listener. Does Medicare pay for long-term care? Story, without question, this is still the most common question I get. Medicare becomes our 
primary health insurance when we turn 65, and like traditional medical insurance, it does not pay for long-term care services. Medicare is for acute care, but it's not going to cover the ongoing custodial care that is required during an extended health care situation. You need long-term care insurance for that. If you have a question for me, send it to me at 525longtermcare.com. You can also learn about new programs that pay you back if you never use your plan, and you can sign up for one of our free upcoming classes. And don't forget to join me every Saturday morning here on Cairo for Long-Term Care Radio. Dude, my wife and I did. Sign up for one of Brian's upcoming classes. Classes are free, and you'll even get a copy of Brian's book, which has a ton of great info. Seating's limited, so sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Have you ever wondered what would happen to you or your loved ones or your business if you were incapacitated tomorrow or if you died prematurely? None of us plan on it, but not addressing these issues can be catastrophic to your finances, your family, and your business. Hi, this is attorney Rick Gregory, host of your partner-in-law, right here on Cairo Radio every Sunday morning at 8. Elder or estate planning is necessary for all of us, regardless of our wealth or lack of wealth. So whether your estate is large or small, you simply must have a proper legal life plan in place to protect you, your loved ones, and your business. For your free estate or elder law planning consultation, give us a call today at 425-284-3450. At Gregor & Associates, my staff and I will take the time necessary to understand your needs and recommend the best plan for you and your family. Call us today at 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450 or go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner in Law. With Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Oh, there we go. Crank it up. Mm-hmm. That'll get you going in the morning, won't it? Get your motor motoring. motoring. All righty, folks. Uh, I'm Rick Gregorick from law firm of Gregorick & Associates, and I'm in with uh, Scott Ralston, also associate attorney there extraordinaire. And uh, we bring you uh, your partner in law every week. Um, really, is you know this is education. Um, we enjoy doing it. We get to talk about what we do all week. What we talk about on the show are based on real facts, real cases. Maybe ours, maybe someone else's. We read a lot. We look at what's going on around the country. We look what's going on around Washington, and what's going on in your city. And we kind of you know look at trends and generalities and kind of see what's going on and then bring that all down to the local base of what you can do with this information, because that's what we give you is information. It's up to you to act on it appropriately. We talk all the time on the show about documents, and I always caveat when we talk about a document. It isn't determinative if someone tells me they have a power of attorney. I need to read the power of attorney to see what powers have been granted to the agent. Not merely that there's been a power of attorney, but it is a is it a proper power of attorney for the transaction in question? Was the power of attorney properly drafted under state law? Was it properly executed, witnessed, notarized? All the things that we need to do, does it have the right words in it? Uh, not too long ago, I had a client come in with the power of attorney. Everything about the power of attorney was Perfect. It was a valid legal power of attorney. Unfortunately, not for what the person needed it for. The power of attorney had been created by the individual themselves, and they just printed it off the internet. And it was a you know, oh, it's Washington compliance, got Washington law. They took it, had it notarized, witnessed the whole nine yards. Then. Mom became incapacitated, daughter presents the power of attorney, and of course, every place in town rejected it. And she said, how can this be? And I looked at it and I said, well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but every institution that declined it did so properly and appropriately and legally, because this power of attorney was just that, a power of attorney, and was not a durable Durable. power of attorney. Folks, powers of attorney terminate on one's disability unless they have durable provisions within the document. Not the word durable in the title. That does not cut it. Within the body of the document, it must have specific language relative to duration of this and that it will survive any incapacity or that. 
And so, so this run nicely, this a lot, so right? this so this nicely brings us in as at the start of the show we were talking about guardianship, right? And I said that there were two categories of guardianship. There were the guardianships where there are no estate planning documents. And we talked a little bit about the family situation where there's no estate planning documents and a guardianship arises. Child is living with the parents. There's no uh, documentation. Oftentimes what will happen is those siblings that we talked about that were on the East Coast and down in the South will come into town. They will hire an attorney and they will seek either a guardianship or a vulnerable adult protection order. And what they will be doing at that point in time is attempting to obtain the ability to manage mom and dad's financial affairs. So that's where there is no estate planning documentation in place. The scenario that Rick just talked about, the failed power of attorney, is the second category that I talked about in the opening of the show, which is where there is an estate plan, but it doesn't work. Okay, And there are many, many circumstances where estate planning documents just don't work. Okay, they can they can arise where the documents themselves are deficient. This is a good example. Uh, another example, which we've talked about a lot on the show, is we had uh, a power of attorney in the office, and it's been several years now, where it was one of those check the boxes, okay, but they didn't check any boxes. And so you had a piece of paper that provided no authority because the boxes were not checked and initialed, and, and so it was useless. And again, same scenario in that situation. Client goes around town, takes the power of attorney to several different places and, and tries to utilize it to manage financial affairs, and it's, it's useless. You know, another thing that you know, often arises, too, in institutions, especially financial institutions, turning down powers of attorney is there are many of them that they've just set their own rules that are rather arbitrary that we don't accept powers of attorney if they're over X number of years old. Uh, you know, five years maybe. They say, oh, I'm sorry, so, that's over five years. We don't take it. And and that's a bit frustrating. And there is, you know, and this is a little bit outside of the scope of today's show, but there is a mechanism to enforce powers of attorney under Washington law. There's a statutory scheme. You can bring a petition and you can hail a hospital or a bank. Those are your two likely targets. Uh, in this type of a proceeding, and you can hail them into court and force them to accept the power of attorney. Of course, your power of attorney is properly you're, written. It's got to be we're, premised we're, on you. Better have a really strong. We're, we're assuming clear. under this this yeah. this discussion that the power of attorney is just wrongfully uh, rejected by the financial institution right. or the medical provider, and you can hail them into court, and you can even obtain attorney's fees against them for refusing to uh, accept a valid uh, power of attorney. You know, but you don't want to go down that road. I was going to say, that, but know, that, that could take is, months and thousands of yeah, front end dollars. That, that, you don't want to have to go down that road, but you know, there, it's an option, and it's, it's something that has to be done on occasion. It's, we don't see a lot of those typically because what people will typically do is they'll, they'll just get so frustrated. They'll either find someone that will uh, allow that power of attorney to be utilized or they'll attempt to obtain a new power of attorney if – the principal still has. Capacity. Well, Scott, we had one last week, and our colleague Ted uh, had to write a rather stern letter to a bank and yeah. advising them of you know their legal duties. And um, power of attorney had been declined at a lower branch level. Of course, we got to communicate with uh, someone a little higher up in the bank's hierarchy, and lo and behold, um, they went ahead and took it. But that we were lucky in that case. But it was you know a well drafted power of attorney and not too old, and that makes a big difference. Hey, folks, we got to take another break, and then we're going to continue this a little bit. We've been talking a lot about it, and as we enter this second half of the show, we're going to be looking at some better ideas from guardianship and how to avoid it uh, and some alternatives that we need to do. And then sometimes it is just necessary, and we'll talk about that as well. Our phone number, if you'd like to call in and chat with us, is 888-973-5476. That'll get you on air right now, 888-973-5476. Your partner in law. We'll be right back. This is Michael Medved. Financial experts will tell you that you should have a plan in place for the high cost of long-term care. If your plan consists of using your savings to pay for any long-term care needs in the future, then take a moment to contact 525 Advisors. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. They will show you how to set up an asset-based plan using a portion of your existing savings. Now, this way you maintain control of your money and you're guaranteed to get your money back even if you don't need long-term care. For every dollar 
dollar you put in today, 525 Advisors will show you how to get 3 to $4 back in tax-free long-term care protection. Call 525 Advisors today to learn how you can put a portion of your savings to work and protect your family and the rest of your assets from the high costs of long-term care. Call today at 425-748-8188. That's 425-748-8188 at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Sometimes big events in your life all of a sudden cause you to wake up and realize you should start planning for the future. I lost my dad a little over a year ago to cancer, and I remember thinking to myself, I should probably have a will or trust. So I called Rick Gregorick. Now, the reason I called Rick Gregorick is because I've been listening to him on Cairo Radio on Sunday mornings, and the guy is an absolute expert. I sat down with him. I explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or charitable trust, real estate, taxes. It was so complicated. I was so glad I had Rick right there to walk me through the whole process. So be proactive. Take control of your life right now. Go meet with Rick Gregorick and schedule a couple consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show like I do, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Schedule a meeting with my estate planner, Rick Gregorick, at yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. We return to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick. All righty, folks, we're back. Hey, Scott, now before break, we, you know, we've been talking, you know, this half hour about guardianship and when it may or may not be necessary and, you know, some of the inherent potential problems that bring it about. I mean, why in the first place? You know, a guardianship, basically, you become a ward of the state and then the state is going to strip you of various constitutional rights of decision making relative to your finances and health care. Now, the state's going to do that in the most limited means that it can generally, but even limited means are excessive. Um, so we need to look at that. And, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, besmirch the guardianship process too much because it is a vitally necessary process. It's just that if you can avoid it with a better plan, then that's what, you know, I would like to help you, you know, kind of achieve and understand that there is a better option or there are better options, but you need to put these in place when you're able to do so. And I think it's good to understand that by putting appropriate planning in place, what you are avoiding. And guardianship, it is an intrusive procedure. And what happens is is that a petition is filed using our scenario. One of the kids from the East Coast or from down south files the petition. And a guardian litem is appointed. And that individual is typically someone that is either a uh, – has a master social – uh, worker's license type of background, or is uh, an attorney. Pref- I prefer attorneys, frankly, and they have a, a level of training. And what they are able to do is go out and conduct interviews. They get a medical report prepared, and they submit a report to the court. So once that is submitted to the court, there is a hearing. And at the time of the hearing, the court has to make a decision what to do with the case. If And it's a threshold hearing. And what that means is, is basically is if the evidence – is insufficient to support a guardian. And I've had a few cases where this does occur uh, because the medical report comes back and it just doesn't look like the individual is quite at the point where they're in need of a guardianship. The guardianship can be dismissed at that threshold hearing or the guardian ad litem may recommend a guardianship and if they recommend a guardianship and there's no opposition to it by uh, the involved parties, in particular the alleged incapacitated, that is the name of the individual, if, if there's no opposition to it, then the court can go ahead and put together that guardianship and enter a court order appointing a guardian. Um, and then if there is opposition to it. Now, this is where it gets high conflict and high very cost. expensive. High cost. And, and, and just, you know, the, the, the simple, what I refer to as the friendly guardian is a five dollars $6,000 process easily, Okay. It, which is, for most individuals, less than an estate plan. Believe me. More than. Excuse me, more than. <laughs> a, 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 correct. Yeah. The guardianships are far more than getting a, your basic will a, package. A basic, a basic estate plan or, or even a, an estate plan involving some complexity is going to be less than 
what a friendly guardianship typically will cost. Now, if the AIP fights the guardian, and this is the most common scenario. Now, the AIP is the alleged incapacitated person. So right. We'll talk and, an acronym sometimes to make sure we define so, it. <laughs> so the alleged incapacitated person fights the guardianship, and typically the reason that they're fighting the guardianship is because there is a capacity issue. This is just the reality. We run into this with people that have strong personalities. We run into this where people have had some form of a change in their mental health as a result of dementia, a stroke, whatever the reason is, the individual will fight the guardianship. And in most cases, the alleged incapacitated, when they are fighting the guardianship, lacks capacity and will be found by the court to lack capacity. Now, that is a very expensive process because if you have to go through a guardianship trial, it's a trial, and it can be either a jury trial or it can be a bench trial. If you have to go through that trial, it can be anywhere from you know a day if it's a simple trial, and it would be difficult to try a guardianship case in a day, quite frankly, or it could be you know a week. That is a very expensive process, and it is not a process that you want to go through. It is not a process that your family wants to go through. So, it, you know, it really is something that is, you know, important to think about. So if guardianship is something we want to avoid, that obviously begs the question, how do we best avoid it? Well, the short answer for those of you just tuning in and are having to get out of the car, the short answer is a properly designed estate plan that's maintained over a long period of time. So there's the answer. Okay, but what does that really mean? And what are the documents that we're going to be talking about? Well, you know, the first one is, you know, well, who's going to make financial decisions? If I become incapacitated and I'm a danger to my my finances, I should not be making those decisions anymore. Then the obvious answer and the most common document to use is the durable power of attorney. And a power of attorney, just for, you know, reference and everything, the principal, you or me, we hire or appoint an agent or what we call an attorney in fact and grant them the legal authority to act for us in various situations that need to be defined in that power of attorney and these can be very very effective now scott in we we've done a perfect document everything is i is just ideal what's the biggest mistake that was made in the power of attorney more likely than not that it was not durable no, no. Oh, the the wrong individual. There you go. I said wrong yeah, individual. Perfect That's right. You said attorney. it was perfect power of attorney. Yeah, so perfect it's power of attorney. The, the wrong choice individual. of people, and we've talked about this in the beginning of the show. All of us go to what we would call the natural fruits of our bounty, or you know, generally we always pick our spouse first. You know, pretty much. There's exceptions to every rule, but that's the general rule. And then we generally go with the children. Sometimes just right down the age, you know, eldest to the youngest. Other times it's, well, you know, one child is this, that, or the other as far as, a, and, you know. And that's that, what we were talking about at the beginning right. of the show is that the value in sitting down and talking with an attorney like we talked about earlier in the show. You know, we have the life plan organizer. We have you complete the life plan organizer. You sit down with one of the attorneys in our office and we go through your life, your situation, your financial situation, who the people are in your life. And we ask you the tough questions so that when you put together that estate plan, in particular, as we're talking about the power of attorney, that you designate as your attorney, in fact, the person that is going to be making your financial decisions and the person that is going to be making your medical decisions, you designate a person that is appropriate so that you can hopefully avoid this guardianship situation. As we said earlier, you can't always avoid it, but you're much more likely to do so with an appropriate plan with the appropriate individuals in place. You bet. So, folks, we've got to take another quick break. And uh, when we're back, we're going to pick up this subject and um, give you a few more ideas and uh, hopefully help you secure that future that you're really looking for. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Story Monson with Brian Ott from 525 Advisors and host of Long-Term Care Radio. And Brian, we have another great question from a listener. Do I have to move into a nursing home to use my long-term care insurance? You know, Dory, actually most people start their long-term care journey in their home and today's plans will pay for that care in your home. The idea of having a long-term care insurance plan is to be able to receive the care you need in the location of your choosing. 
plans today are comprehensive, which means not only do they pay for care at home, they'll also pay for care in an assisted living facility, an adult day care, even a nursing home. By having a plan, you decide where you get to receive care. If you have a question for me, send it to me at 525longtermcare.com. You can also learn about new programs that pay you back if you never use your plan, and you can sign up for one of my free upcoming classes. Dude, my wife and I did. Sign up for one of Brian's upcoming classes. Classes are free, and you'll even get a copy of Brian's book, which has a ton of great info. Seating's limited, so sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. Retirement. What does it mean to you? Has it changed as a result of today's economy? Are you worried about your future? Could there be stormy seas ahead? Hi, this is Rick Gregrick, founder of Gregrick & Associates. We're a dedicated team of legal and tax professionals that can help you navigate your course for a secure future. Whether you're just thinking about your retirement or you're well into your retirement years, whether you're single, married, or involved in a domestic partnership, we can help you create your necessary legal and tax planning. I am so glad I found one firm that can help me with all my legal and tax needs. Call today for your free consultation. 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. You can also sign up for a partner-in-law event. Just go to yourpartnerinlaw.com and find the elder law or estate planning course that's best for you. You can register for both events by going to yourpartnerinlaw.com. Yourpartnerinlaw.com. My dad would always say the three worst words in the English language were shoulda, coulda, and woulda. So many people with retirement right around the corner or in the middle of it have the shoulda, coulda, wouldas facing them. They're not proactive. You didn't take care of the will. You didn't take care of the trust. They didn't do what was needed to do when it came to real estate and taxes. So right now, let's avoid the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and call Rick Gregrick. Rick Gregrick is my estate planner. I sat down with Rick, explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or a charitable trust, real estate or taxes. It is so complicated. You've got to rely on an expert like Rick, who is so kind and knowledgeable about all of it. So be proactive. Take control of your life now. You can schedule a complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregrick, my estate planner, yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregrick. On Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Alrighty, folks. Uh, welcome back. Hey, you know, right before break, we were talking about, you know, one of the biggest mistakes. We've just created a perfect power of attorney from a legal perspective. All the language rights, executed right, everything's right, it's durable, it's got everything. And I asked Scott, what's the biggest issue? And, of course, he says, eventually, the, the people you choose. <laughs> the people you Pop choose. Quiz. Um, are so critically important. And one of the things that we challenge our clients with, and, and they challenge us every now and then. I was asking these folks uh, not, you know, a couple weeks ago, I said, tell me about your children and how they get along. And they looked at me like, well, what the heck does that have to do with our will? And, I, you know, then we had a brief discussion, and I think they understood. And in their case, it turned out there were some issues and it made them think about that and maybe make some other decisions because in these documents, folks, we can craft certain types of um, safeguards, you know, overseers, watchdogs, co-agents, lots of different things that we could do in the drafting and oversight phase. But we need to know and have these discussions. Yeah. And, and the other thing that it can be combined with, not only is the, the provisions that you're talking about as far as in the documentation itself, but the other part is the transparency. One of the problems that I think arises in estate planning is that individuals may do an estate plan, but they don't want to share it. Okay. And when they don't want to share it, what happens going back to my three-child scenario is one child may know about this and it may be the plan that you want, but the problem is is when you shut out the other two kids from knowledge of the plan, is they're more likely to question the validity of that plan and to challenge that plan. And so if, if you've been open with your plan and had your plan out on the table over the years, okay? And what I mean by that is, you know, we talk often about plan early, plan often. So you you plan, and when there are life change events, you may need to update your plan. 
And each time that you're doing these updates to your plan, you're making sure that your family members know about this plan. You are much, much more likely to be in a situation when you become disabled and your plan is carried out because everybody knows what it is. And you're not going to be in a situation where you're taken advantage of. You know, as a result of your lack of capacity. You know, and folks, this is probably one of the most common issues is this transparency issue and this unknown what's going on. You've got a sibling over there in charge of mom and dad's money and they're not telling you things. I can tell you over the years, having doing the, having been doing this, that families that actually get to the point where they can talk about finances, mom and dad, they have a family meeting and start to do that. Sometimes they come to the lawyer's office for the family meeting. Sometimes they have it at home. But having these discussions, bringing people together, and, you know, kind of helps to have a facilitator sometimes. We have some families that see certain types of social, you know, workers, you know, counselors. There are counselors that actually specialize in this type of um, analysis to bring families together that ordinarily might have some conflict, but to come together for a commonality or a common good. All three kids may or may not get along really well with each other, but let's say for this argument that their motives and everything for mom and dad are pure. So they each want the right thing for mom and dad. It's just that the conflict between them makes that so difficult. We've just found over the years that a family meeting explaining this, Who's responsible for what? When are they responsible? And mom and dad say, and you will be providing them accountings and this, that, and the other. And we start to get some understandings. And that really has paid dividends for the families that have done that. Yeah, so you have you have the transparency that we talk about. And then in the documentation, some of the things that can be put in the documentation itself. Uh, you mentioned accountings. You know, as you said very early in the show, let's face it, this is about the money. It boils down to it's about the money. And so having... The individual who is in charge, let's let's say that one of the siblings is in fact in charge of handling the financial affairs, then you can have accounting requirements. They have to provide the statements monthly. They have to provide the statements annually. They have to uh, provide statements and copies of checks upon demand or you know, all these different – Copies of, of tax returns. Yeah, all, all these different stuff. types of things. I mean you can write the accounting provisions to be specific and, and we've had them where – you know, and it's not costly to do it this way because that's always one of the concerns is when you hear the word accounting, it sounds expensive. But all it is is that they got to provide the, the monthly statements and they got to provide the invoices and receipts for the expenses. And then, you know, that's not difficult to do because as your decision maker, those are the kinds of things that they should be collecting, categorizing and keeping in good order if they're going to be handling your financial affairs. So it should be very easy for them to produce those things. Yeah, well, let's, let's talk about the standard of mm -hmm. accounting required of a fiduciary. Folks, you account for every single penny. End of story. There's no margin of error when you're managing someone else's money. Yeah, and as a fiduciary, it's a very, very high standard, okay? And, and you have to, as a fiduciary, as a power of attorney or trustee, we haven't talked about trusts yet, but as a power of attorney or trustee, you owe a very heightened duty and you have to act in the individuals whose affairs you're managing in their best interest okay and it cannot be in your own interest and so under our three sibling scenario that child that is living with mom and dad cannot be you know dipping in their financial accounts to take a vacation to Haiti that's not in mom and dad's best interest that's in the child's best interest, but that is not acting as a fiduciary, as a fiduciary, and is a breach of their duty. So we uh, we get back. We'll talk about a few of the other mechanisms that we can put in the estate planning documents to protect you as an individual and make sure that there is transparency. And then we'll wrap it up by. So hang in there, folks. We got one more segment coming up, and uh, your partner-in-law will be right back. Sometimes big events in your life all of a sudden cause you to wake up and realize you should start planning for the future. I lost my dad a little over a year ago to cancer, and I remember thinking to myself, I should probably have a will or trust. So I called Rick Gregorick. Now, the reason I called Rick Gregorick is because I've been listening to him on Cairo Radio on Sunday mornings, and the guy is an absolute expert. I sat down with him. I explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or charitable trust, real estate, taxes. It was so complicated. I was so glad I had Rick right there to walk me through the whole process. So be proactive. Take control of your life right now. Go meet with Rick Gregorick and schedule a complimentary 
complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show like I do, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Schedule a meeting with my estate planner, Rick Gregory, at yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Brian Ott from 525 Advisors and host of Long-Term Care Radio. And Brian, we have another great question from a listener. What is the best age to look into long-term care insurance? You know, Dory, we have plans that will help people up to age 85, but here's what you need to know. It's not your age that allows you to get long-term care insurance. It's your health. So the best time to look into getting a plan is when you're healthy and you can still qualify. If you have a question for me, send it to me at 525longtermcare.com. You can also learn about the new programs that pay you back if you never use your plan, and you can sign up for one of our free upcoming classes. And don't forget to join me every Saturday morning on Cairo for Long-Term Care Radio. We indeed chose the best plan that pays us back if we never use it. Learn what may be the best option for you at one of Brian's upcoming classes. Classes are free, and you'll even get a copy of Brian's book, which has a ton of great info. Seating's limited, so sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Have you ever wondered what would happen to you or your loved ones or your business if you were incapacitated tomorrow or if you died prematurely? None of us plan on it, but not addressing these issues can be catastrophic to your finances, your family, and your business. Hi, this is attorney Rick Gregory, host of your partner-in-law, right here on Cairo Radio every Sunday morning at 8. Elder or estate planning is necessary for all of us, regardless of our wealth or lack of wealth. So whether your estate is large or small, you simply must have a proper legal life plan in place to protect you, your loved ones, and your business. For your free estate or elder law planning consultation, give us a call today at 425-284-3450. At Gregor & Associates, my staff and I will take the time necessary to understand your needs and recommend the best plan for you and your family. Call us today at 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450 or go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. We return to Your Partner in Law. On Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick. Ah, nice music. All righty, folks. I'm Rick Gregorick from law firm of Gregorick & Associates in with Scott Ralston. And we've been talking about the lovely subject of guardianship and incapacity and some of the problems that can go on. And we always need to do proper planning to help avoid some of these, you know, kind of overreaching things. Now, the guardianship statutes, folks, the guardianship process, it's absolutely crucially necessary. It's just that if you can avoid it by doing something better, why wouldn't you? There's always a better alternative, you know, if we've done some pre-thinking. We uh, obviously talked about the most obvious um, thing that people do is a proper power of attorney with the right people in charge. And this, I I cannot underscore the right people in charge. And one of the challenges we have is if you're a child and you are the fiduciary for your parent, whether you're agent, trustee, executor, it doesn't matter. You are already, if you're a beneficiary of mom and dad or a legal natural heir, you're in a conflicted situation right from the beginning. It is an inherent conflict. And there's just you are. I mean, and we get this situation. I'm not in a conflict. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And it's like, well, no, you are in a conflict, even if you're doing the right thing. And the reason is, is because the decisions you make are going to be scrutinized because they do potentially benefit yourself if you're making decisions that favor yourself. So what are some of the mechanisms for transparency? That's what we were talking about before the break. Some of the mechanisms for transparency that can deal with, you know, avoiding all these types of problems that can arise when your know, siblings are fighting amongst each other is we talked about accountings, okay? That's a great mechanism. The other is um, you can have uh, some form of a protector, okay? And that individual, typically the attorney that drafts the documentation, they can be triggered to come in and, in, and, and take a look at what's going on and then report back to all of the interested parties as to what is going on and whether there's any problems. You can also have the uh, the attorney be able to remove the individual if they think that there is a problem and and replace that individual. And the other thing is, is obviously, you know, we're talking about the financial decisions. There's the medical decisions as well. And as a, as a as a 
child, you're going to want to know what's going on with mom and dad in terms of the, their medical decision making. And so you're going to want to have a HIPAA, which allows for every all of the kids to be able to find out what's going on with mom and dad. Now, I do not recommend that you have a decision by committee. Um, you know, that's a problem. And so for, for both the medical power of attorney and the financial power of attorney, I do believe and I, I, I think under most scenarios, you need to have one individual that ultimately makes the decision. And so if you have access to the medical records, you have access to the financial records, the siblings can discuss among themselves, you know, what is best for mom and dad. But at the end of the day, somebody needs to be able to make the decision. You know, it really is critical here, folks. And when we're talking about HIPAA, of course, that's the Health Insurance uh, Privacy Accountability Act. Um, that, you know, restricts the dissemination of your protected health care information from anybody who is not properly authorized as what we call an authorized recipient under HIPAA. And this would even block your spouse, folks, from getting information under certain scenarios. Um, you may not be able to go into the hospital and even find out that your mom is there if you don't have proper proper. HIPAA authorization. It's a really crucial uh, step in making sure that you have the right people having access to your medical information at the right and most critical time. You know, and then creating, you know, your other, you know, making sure you have healthcare directives or perhaps an advanced healthcare mental directive. That's something that we don't talk about too often, but that's a document that can actually go beyond what we would call a standard durable power of attorney for medical decisions. It actually talks more about the mental health care issues on um, a whole bunch of different things, including, uh, uh, in, you know, um, being placed into mental health care facilities. And so we really want to uh, take a look at those. And, you know, one of the things that oftentimes comes up when we have an, an aging person and one of the signs that we look for is in exploitation um, when it's more overt sometimes in some of the cases we've been talking on today is that the elder person or the alleged incapacitated person is so oftentimes isolated from family members, friends, um, the agent or whatever tries to not let anybody come and visit them. Even siblings, no, it's not convenient. Mom's not feeling well this weekend, so we'll have to reschedule it. And this thing goes on and on and on, and this causes major issues. And in, in, in bring it all full circle, you want to do your planning. You want to do your, your plan early, plan often. You want some level of transparency. Can you avoid guardianship? Can you avoid being the subject of exploitation? Hopefully. I mean, but if you don't do anything, you're not going to be able to avoid these things if they present themselves. And that is why you do the planning. And in most cases, good planning works and it avoids guardianship. There you got it, folks. You know, plan early, plan often. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Find us at yourpartnerinlaw.com and uh, have a great weekend. The Seahawks are off. We got to buy this week. Uh, boy, did we need it after that uh, knuckle biter last week. We'll be back next week, folks. Thanks for listening to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick. A Info newsletters and Your Partner in Law podcast can all be found at yourpartnerinlaw.com. To schedule an appointment with Rick Gregorick, call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. For more information on the show or to sign up for a free Partner in Law event, visit yourpartnerinlaw.com. Tune in next Sunday morning at 9 to Your Partner in Law with your host, Rick Gregorick. Simulcast on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770.